Hi, and welcome to episode 52 of the Canny Conversations podcast series, powered by the Pathway Group. My name is Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts that we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of the Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you there are already 51 episodes out there and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. The man behind the Pathway Group is Safraz Ali. Safraz set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experience gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeships. In this episode, Saf talks about his beliefs, views and methodology and how they relate not only to business, but to life too. Looking at yourself using the mirror approach helps avoid blame and excuses and enhances your accountability for your own actions. How your reaction when things go wrong impact on the people around you, both to the good and bad, and how knowledge in the wrong hands can be detrimental to everybody. Saf is a great believer in empowering people to become the best they can be. He talks about how and why he does this, and as a leader, how making decisions using all the advisors and mentors at your disposal improves the outcome. So let's hear from Saf. In terms of my methodology, my beliefs, my thoughts, and my uh, most, uh, probably most importantly, me and my practices, I look at everything from a windows and mirrors perspective. Uh, what I mean by window and mirror is windows, when everything's going well and everything's success, you look at the window and look at outside. You look at outside in terms of who has helped you. Yeah, so you look around you. You look around you in terms of who has helped you in terms of your journey, who's helped you in terms of where you are, who's helped you with that particular success, with that particular project, with that particular outcome. So really look outwards. And when things are not going so well, you know, I take a mirrored approach. Put the mirror in front of me and look at myself. I start looking at myself in terms of what could I have done better? You know, where's the improvement? And really start challenging myself in terms of, you know, why am I in the position that I'm in? And that's generally my sort of view of, of, of things in terms of everything that I do, windows and mirrors. And, you know, with the, the mirror approach, you know, you tend to avoid then blame and excuses. You know, then you're in a position where you take ownership and accountability and responsibility. You accept what it is, but then you look at yourself and say, you know what, what can I do to be better? You know, if somebody's disrespecting you, if to, you know, if you're not able to command the respect of a colleague, what can you do? Rather than them being, you know, difficult people or, you know, them causing you problems, what can you do? So control what you can control, look at the mirror, look at yourself and look at what you can do, what can you change, what can you control, and what, how can you move forward. And that's my general sort of outlook in everything that I do, whether it's personal life or business life, take a windows and mirrors approach. Another big belief that I have is always look at when things are going wrong, how you react, how do you react to that situation. Reacting in terms of you know, fair, but more importantly, how do you react with other people? And your biggest gain is to gain respect from people is when things are going wrong. So if things are going wrong 
And if you're reacting in a way which is accepting the fact that things do go wrong, giving that other person encouragement, giving the other person that space, not stifling them, not going and attacking them, you'll be able to gain from that position of loss or gain from that position of things not going going well. So particularly for me, in terms of look at how you treat people when things are not going well, and it, it shows your character. So it's not always about the person. You know, for, in most cases, it's never about the person. It's about your own character. And as I said, you can only control what you can control. So when things are not going so well, look at how you treat other people. And that's, that's about your character. I never take people for granted. That's one thing that I've learned is gratitude and be grateful. Never take anybody for granted. Whoever it is, never take them for granted. Show that you care, show appreciation, and constantly be in a position where you're uh, appreciative of the people, the team. You know, I see myself as a servant often. You know, as a leader, I see myself as a servant. Uh, and, and the way I do that is by giving love, by giving care, offering, uh, you know, small things like, you know, offering tea, making the tea for team meetings, and being an, an appreciative of the other individual. And what you'll do is from that, you'll, you'll be able to gain respect. And everybody's respect is in their own hands. So, you know, if you're looking at why somebody's not respecting you, it's probably likely to be as a result of your actions or inactions. And it's likely to be uh, situations where you've responded in a way. So as I say, everybody's respect is in their own hands. A lot of it's to do with, you know, how they treat others. And if you treat somebody else with respect, if you treat somebody else with kindness, more likely than not, you'll gain respect and you'll be able to sort of command respect as a result of that. A little bit of a bugbear of mine within teamwork is people who are deflect and distract. Always deflecting and distracting. You know, they, they talk about what's wrong with this rather than looking at a position of well, how can I improve it? What is the improvement? And it's always about not changing, not doing things. And always what you find is that you're in a position where they're the opposition. So you might be coming up with ideas, you might be coming up with suggestions, and they're telling you either what's wrong with it or giving you a suggestion, and, they, and you're finding the fact that it's like an opposition. They're the, on the opposite side of things, they may not come up with any suggestions, it'll be deflective, it'll be destructive, it'll be about you know what's wrong with it, and very much in terms of a defensive mode, very much in terms of a mode of sort of, you know, blaming something else or really moving away from the core topic and really looking at how you can generally improve. Another belief that I have is I always wish that I can be better. So I don't wish, you know, one of my prayers isn't that, you know, life gets easier for me and you know, everything becomes simple for me. I always wish that I become better so it becomes easier for me. Rather than becoming easier for you, I sort of look at, you know, how do I get better so it does become easier rather than it becomes easier. In terms of people, we're a funny lot. People are strange. And people do things in a, in an off, often in an odd manner. And you, you, won't, you just sometimes won't understand it. And you know, what I found is that people use communication, they use information, they use sort of knowledge in a, in a way that I just wouldn't understand myself. In my own experience, I've seen people assert themselves by controlling information, by controlling knowledge. Knowledge does have a value. And you can be a custodian of knowledge, you know, and you can sort of let that information go by bit by bit. You can sort of control information. You can be in a position where you restrict 
information. And often uh, people who sort of restrict information, who restrict sort of knowledge, they are very fearful. They're very fearful. and They use uh, that knowledge, that information, that sort of way of communication as a way of controlling, being more sort of dominating, being assertive, you know, having the upper hand, because they're generally more fearful. They're generally more fearful than fearful of situation. They may be fearful of you as, as a person as well. So they, they create a level of dependency, dependency in terms of their, their importance or their self-importance. And their general behavior reflects that. So anybody that you see who's a, who's a guardian or custodian of knowledge, who's a bit more closed in terms of their approach, you know, what you'll find is that they're very much about power and, and, you know, that's where they're coming from. And most of them, most of them, in my experience, they think that they're better than the bigger, the business. They think that they're actually bigger than the business as well. And uh, in my eyes, nobody, no individual is bigger than the business. Uh, Martin Suttle, the, the founder of WPP being the case recently, the business business carries on the business is a lot you know it's a, it's a lot of constituents a lot of ingredients and regardless of who you are as an individual whatever your role is uh, in most cases if businesses are built on sustainable uh, values on a, the, the right foundations no one individual is bigger than the business so you know it's really about understanding the fact that yes you might be trying to control and be the custodian of knowledge trying to sort of over, overpower other people trying to sort of assert yourself but the, at the end of it you're doing nobody any, any good apart from harming yourself and your approach of doing things I do believe that everybody can be a manager only if you let them if you create the right environment, anybody can be a manager. It's different from being a leader, but everybody can be a manager. If you allow them, if you let them, every, I do believe everybody can be a manager. A lot of it is about empowering people. You start off by making sure the fact that you don't stifle them. You allow them to work in a way that works for the business and for themselves. So it's not necessarily the fact that they've got to do A, B, C, D, and in particularly in that order. If if it works for them and it works for the business, they can do it in any particular order they want. So C, D, B, A. You know, and, and I think you need to allow people that choice, allow them to sort of grow, allow them to sort of bespoke, define their own work in their own way. And what you find is that a lot of managers particularly with their teams trying to control every single thing you've got to do this 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 and i think that what you're finding is you're not building a manager for the future you're not really building that person in terms of actually growing there's no improvement there you know you're not actually challenging them you're not empowering those individuals to think about where the improvement is so the question you've got to start in my view is ask and ask regularly is what can we do to improve where is the improvement? What can we do to improve? Not what's wrong with this, which is you know, which is a an area of of, of sort of negativism. But where's the improvement? You know, so you know, if you talk about say HR, I have a view rather than saying, well, what's wrong with HR or what's wrong with this particular process? How can we improve? You know, where is the improvement? And and I think that's a generally, uh, if you if you have that approach to that question, what you'll find is that it, it opens up a debate, opens up a conversation, allows individuals to actually look at growing, not just themselves, but also growing the opportunity for all. And I'm also all about empowering people. 
You know, that's a big belief in terms of what I do, empowering people, which is, for me, it's slightly different from a coaching model. You know, I do ask coaching type questions. I would ask, you know, what would you do? So if somebody comes to me with a solution or somebody comes to me with a, an idea or, you know, we talk about don't bring problems to us, bring a solution, but you always look at, you know, what would you do in this particular case? Ask the question, ask the viewpoint from that, ind- from that individual. And if that... If it aligns with your viewpoint, fantastic. You know, let's go ahead and do that. If it doesn't, then you could ask a question, well, have you considered this? Or yes, let's do that, but have you also thought about this option as well? So it's really about getting to understand that individual's thoughts and beliefs. One of the things that I do believe on, believe on is not getting somebody to say yes. That's easy for me to get somebody to say yes, but it's actually understanding what, to think about it. Is it right or is it wrong? Not about the yes. You know, it's too easy for me to go to the yes straight away. It's really about what you're thinking. Is this right? Is this wrong? And sometimes you might have to say, actually, you know what, I understand what you're talking about, but this is why we're doing it. This is why we're going to here. But really, you know, sometimes people don't want to understand, the, they don't really want to understand the journey or the reasoning. And, you know, I always go back to, and my school days, when they, when you're doing the exams and when you're doing work, it's not always about the result. It's about the workings out and what you're working out is. So if you got, if you understand the working out and you understand what the person's views are, are they on the same page as you? What their thinking is? Is that aligned to yourself? What you'll find is uh, the journey will be a lot longer, and you're also much more likely to be aligned, much more likely to enjoy working with that person as well. And as I said, you know, move away from just being the yes and, you know, just doing it. Go and live that journey, understand that person's journey, and you'll find that it's been more fruitful for, for you. Another one of my beliefs is that when I'm talking to sort of advisors, particularly human resources, HR, accountants, I always look at from a perspective of, yeah, understand their perspective, but HR can't be on top. HR is on, t- on top. It's available there as a, as a source, as an advisory mechanism. You know, HR and accountants, they're there to keep you safe, legal, make sure you're compliant. As long as those things are there and the basic fundamentals are there and you're not taking a risk with the business or not taking a risk with yourself and the people that you look after, then really HR is there on top to advise you. But then you as a leader need to make those decisions. You've got to be able to sort of convey those decisions and be in a position where you know why you're doing it and what the reason is as well. And the same with accountants as well. A lot of the times, you know, accountants are making decisions based on numbers, but a lot of our decisions are not always about numbers and financials as well. There's a lot of other measures as well. So therefore, again, financial advisors for all accountants, in particular with organizations, should be able to guide your decision making. But these are your advisors. They're the people that are there to advise you, to counsel you, but you've got to remain on top. You've got to remain on top of the uh, the decisions, not let those individuals to influence too much in terms of where your thinking is and what you you know what you wish to do. So that's my methodology of beliefs. If you want to understand how SAF and the business reach the point of developing this strategic overview. Why not listen to the rest of the current series, which can be found on your usual podcast platform under Canny Conversations, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like, review, subscribe, or follow. 
and please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website, safraz.co.uk. Safras has also written a series of easy-to-follow business books, Canny Bites. These are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash buy the book. We'll be back next week with another Canny Conversation. So until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.